up? It's your local neighborhood DJ. DJ 360 back in the place. You know what I'm saying? 360 Mix Show, BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Check out the Beat Break Morning Show. You know what I'm saying? It's going down with Sean G and the rest of the crew. You know what I'm saying? But right about now, we about to take a trip. Me and one of my homeboys, we about to go take a trip through, you know what I'm saying, the early years of hip-hop, which, I, you know, we affectionately call the golden age. But we going to touch on about a five-year span, you know what I mean, from 1985 through 1989. We going to play some tracks. We're going to have some commentary. And like I said, I got one of my partners on the line with me. So after this first track, we going to get it in. As we do all the time, you're not going to know who I'm talking to until after the first music break. You know what I'm saying? But we right here. We locked in. The 360 Radio Show. You know what I'm saying? It's going down like this on BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. Come back with us. Hang with us. It's going down. Hip Hop 360. Mantronics is the crew that you must hear, but please don't get concerned. Cause although our songs are really hard, we're really not here to burn. We're just here to rock this house, you see, with perpetuated ease. Yes, to rise the vines and to prescribe some game for the ladies. Because, 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 Fresh is the word, top and describe, and so sweet is the rap. What a prescribed to for the people that you see the picture I drew of all the blacks for the weakers and the white people too. See, my style is a real, too tight to unseal, so explosive, so we notice. It's hard to conceal a dominant as my color to take out any other hot post as I said. And you will discover in time this way, it's never too late. But see, my rhyme is in this prime, like the name on your plate with cold crush as ice. My side of the fire, so hot, can't stop for the ladies. My desire for is them, I adore. For them, will report from every angle out and table. In store, cause on the mic I am controller Who down the rock and roller, put my groove into a body And always try to hold it with the style That's mine, all the rap design Perfectionately put, and well inclined To just rock, won't stop at the drop of a dime And in case you wanna know Where goes my sign Auto made as painted, more than gold plated A fresh new sound with rhymes Organized with precision and more Mantronic, so sonic like a lion's roar A roar that's been developed and created for fear Like a nickel-plated coat with the night light clear Shining in your eyes, like feeling the space Cause the crew with the tools dissing you in the face So you scream, almighty, we change the pace Because although you did those things, you never felt the taste Of this sensational rapper crime master T The solo rapping brother of the T.O.P. Dominating the house, segregating the place Like a drinker of the people, seven up is the chase Because it's smooth Mellow, black, and not yellow Too much people on my nose Cause I just say hello Chillin's my thing I throw a part of the swing And on the side will abide To a midnight fling To just come apart People let's dance and sing Cause when you listen to the school I said it's no low thin
BeatBreakRadioFM.com, Atlanta's new underground station. The Dark Knight Entertainment Multimedia Company. Follow Dark Knight Entertainment on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to watch Dark Knight Entertainment TV anytime. And for more info, log on to BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Yo, what up, 360? This is Van Silk. I got a special guest on the phone today, brother. He only can be on for a minute because he got to do something else, but he's trying to get the love Yo, on the phone. Uh, Van Silk, what's up, man? You, you say you got a special guest. Yep. Who, who we got? got who, who we got? Yo, yo, it's your boy Peter Guns, straight out the BX. Wow. What up, brother? Yo, what's up, Peter Guns, <laughs> man? Like I said, man. Uh, Van, yeah. Van, Van, I'm good, man. Van Silk never ceased to amaze me, man. This is how we doing it right here, 360 Entertainment, BeatBreakRadioFM.com, man. Straight up out the ATL, by the way, the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? We on, we on live, you know what I'm saying? We, we pulling tricks out the bag. We pulling special guests out the bag. And none other than... My ho- my big homie Van Silk and on the line the legendary I'm gonna say legendary Peter Guns oh, is man, definitely I in the place. That, man. Yeah, man, we we you know what I hit I hit Van Silk up earlier, man. I was like, yo, let's do a show tonight um, for 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 hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to I wanted to concentrate on the hours. I mean, on the years between 1985 and 89. Just a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because I was sitting back oh, thinking, you know what I mean? The gold that that era was so dope. To where it's like I want to be able to reach back and talk to some people who got knowledge of this this whole hip hop thing from the grassroots up to it where it is now and just give the give the listeners absolutely give the, you know give the people an understanding of what it was like and why this this game is what it is today and why these youngsters and all these other cats who claim they're MCs need to really you know t- pay homage and 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 give people their props and whatnot on and on and on. Peter Guns, what's your take on 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 older hip hop, classic hip hop versus what's going on right now? I don't know if we can call it hip hop, whether we can call it rap because it's based on, you know, um the business aspect and the the, the whole feeling of hip hop culture is is there but it's not being um um shot across the airwaves, the radios and all that. What's your take on that, man? You know, I try to be careful when I address um the situation for two reasons. One is that there are some dope songs and some dope artists and some some nice rappers out there, and and I don't want to sound like my parents when I started rapping and it was like what's that garbage and all that you know back in the day. Right. But you know a lot of this stuff. With that being said, I have to say a lot of this stuff wouldn't survive from that era. Like you know if somebody came in uh, rhyming and making records like some of these cats out here, we would have we you know they would have got laughed out the studio. You know what I mean? So they all they are getting a pass. For lack of um skill, right? Lack of um of talent, of course, and and some of the shit is just plain um trash. And I hate to not I, I hate to box everything in that because everything is not. You got some hot music out here. You got some hot artists out there, but like just a lot of it, man. It, I don't know. It's 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 uh it's disturbing, you yeah. know that that uh they think that's that shit is fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is and, and you know what? I can understand how. How you being Peter Guns, your back can be against the wall with that type of question because you got your seed, man. Um, Corey Guns, he happens to be part of the newer right. generation. Who's he's making noise, man. I love his music. I, you know the um, the and, and what I really listen to with his music is his his track selection, the beat selection, and his lyricism is what stands out the most. Like I know he's not in there just saying, "Yo, let me get a track, let me spit," because I'm Peter Guns' son. No, I, I I have my own identity. Let me go ahead and select this track. And his his beats are dope. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, right? Yeah, Corey. You know what? Let me let me let me not to cut you off. But what Corey is with 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 um what's most impressive about Corey to me is because Corey is wraps circles around me, and I pride myself on being skillful. But Corey, he won't bend to what's going on. 
Right. Sometimes I'm like, yo, you, you, you might have to dumb it down, my nigga, so you can eat. Just, just dumb it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He refuses. He's like, I can't, I can't, you know, so he'll try and do records that simple, you know what I mean? But for the most part, you know, I'm more impressed with the fact that he's not going to bend with the hopes that it'll turn around. Yeah, yeah. And and it's um it's 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 cold blooded that you said that like dumb yourself down so you can eat because it seems like you know and I had this um I had a conversation actually I did an interview a couple weeks ago with a group called Mama's Moonshine out here down in um Atlanta very good group that's kind of an extension of the Dungeon family um you know with um, right. Outkast and all them and they were saying you know there's a lot of artists that really have to compensate who they are or what they believe in and and kind of put it to the side just to get in just to you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. um, break that yeah. barrier so they can, you know, have some type of. Um, 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 yeah. If you ain't, if you wasn't already in, if you ain't Jay and Nas and somebody that's already made their marks, were you in already? Then you have to bend a little bit yeah. if you want to be heard. You know, I, I, my thing is like, yo, bend a little bit and then come in around on the, you know, on the other side and then smash him in the head with what it really is. You know, there's strategic way to doing it, but the answer to your question is, I can't. I can't, it's not even a comparison. Right, right. Not even a comparison. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. It's nothing, nothing really like, it's not moving me like these. Now, you got some dudes out there. You got your Kendrick Lamar's and yeah. your Big Sean's and your, and your ASAP's and a couple, you know, I'm, I'm Drake. I love Drake. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Drake fan. You got some artists out there, man. Right, but right. just for the most part, these cats, I don't know, man. Yeah. Was, was, I don't know. I just feel like it never would have survived my era. I'm right. proud to say that, though. And Yeah, definitely. And, and, um, and we're going to get into, uh, actually, when you talk about eras, we're going to go from 85 to 89. But before we do that, and Van Silk, I'm, I'm going to need you heavy in this conversation. You know what I'm saying? But before we get into that, um, Peter Guns, man, no lie, man. I was down in um in Atlanta. We got a, a few record shops that I go to, man. And I don't really buy vinyl for new artists, you know, based on the fact that it's like I'm not going to really do anything with it other than nothing. You know what I'm saying? So when I when I went digging through some crates um, over at the Beat Lab in, in um, um, uh, Little Five Points, I found, you know what I'm saying, a, a, the, the record, the 12-inch for um, Deja Vu, you know what I'm saying? And... And I, I picked it up, and I was like, "Yo, I'm, not only not only did I say one day I want to have a, uh, an interview or meet this dude, but um, timeless music is very important to me. Like, there's a there's a certain element of creativity that goes into a song that will stand the test of time. Deja Vu happens to be one of those uptown, you know, um, um, Biggie stuff, Pac stuff that will last the test of time. Now we all know that you got you know you got the TV show Love and Hip Hop and whatnot, um, and and, right. and you know, there hasn't been music from, you know, Peter Guns in a minute that we've heard, but that song is still like one of the ones that you play at a party and it's like shit. It's like it like like like, it's still, this, it, like right. it's still the nineties or, or you know, saying early two thousand era. So what went into that real quick as far as um um you and Lord Tariq going in the studio and coming up with this this track that you probably you know, let us know if it was it planned for this to be like this this song that can stand the test of time and, and be timeless? Or was it like, yo, let's put this track out, we got an opportunity to make music. What was the formula for that to right. you know still be standing this this much later? Um, you know, the fact that it's an anthem, you know, I think the fact that it's an anthem, it's one of those records that's just, you know, it's like OPP. Yeah. It was an anthem, and I think we went against, the, you know, going against the grain. At that time, man, we went so against the grain. Uh, you know, at that time, you had like Puff and all and all of that ever going on, which was dope. But it was like a, it was like a happy pop era in hip hop, and you had Lord Tariq and Peter Guns and DMX. Yeah. 
at the time was trying to go against the grain. The, the people look now at the record and say it was a pop smash, but started off as a street record. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you listen to the lyrics and you listen to it, it's about the Bronx started off a street record. Right, right, right. And 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 that's and that's um um, um that that whole that whole era, uh-huh. man, you know, is it, very important. It, it took us all the way to where we are now. As a matter of fact, while I'm thinking about it, we're gonna roll right into that. We're gonna go t- into um deja vu, um uptown baby with uh Peter Lord Tree and Peter Guns. Since we got him on the line, special guest. This is it, y'all, right here. You, you yeah. know, some hip hop you can't really plan it. It's all about how you feel. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Peter Guns, right. kick us to this song, man. We going into the track, man. Yo, this is the Smash. 1998 Grammy nominated Billboard Awards single about the BX Deja Vu Uptown Baby let's go yo what up it's your boy Peter Guns with my man DJ 360 on 360 radio keeping it 100 let's go New York to the heart, but got love for all. Line die in the fire where I learn the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh damn it, we home. Heater got a nine millimeter. Player haters can feel the flame for my heater. I never really liked to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. C foes fall flat. Flat like deja vu. And I got another clip down a deja crew. I said pissed out, dumb P. Mo with the pissed out. Just cause I'm pissy don't mean you should miss that. Keep them in the fitties and hundreds all arranged Anything less than that, you keep the change Not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke Blessed with flows to keep you hooked like dope Friends call me guns, sons call me trife Cause I'm quick to slide off and slide this dick up in your wife And that's life, you should learn how to treat her I guarantee Peter knows how to eat her and beat her Niggas in the Bronx call me Lex Cause I push a Lex and I rock a Rolex And I lounge on Lex and I love sex And I wave texts on sets that be trying to flex like Decks. Nigga, God rest your soul, but when you're playing cards with guns, it ain't no time to fold, ho. New York niggas got crazy game, but out of town niggas is all the same. Brooklyn niggas get crazy loot, that's because when it's beat, they ain't scared to shoot. All of niggas know how to play, Mac the 600 getting crazy pay. Niggas out of Queens got shit on lock, strapped with the clock running up in your spot. But if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown. Uptown baby, uptown baby, we gets down baby, I'm for the crown baby Now if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on So tell me where you from Uptown baby, uptown baby, we gets down baby, I'm for the crown baby Yo, the RM80 is parked in a lot right next to the Mercedes Keep the heat cocked for these blocks that are shady You're crazy if you walk around thinking shit's gravy Stop me, maybe, I'm living life flawless Making big investments on them A-class flawless And hoes callers, I'm comfortable like with Carol, two quarters of my life walking roads tight and narrow. Deep thoughts which I abide by, puffing high, got my mind's eye. Point sharper than an arrow, getting high. Keep your eye on a sparrow, riches like the pharaoh. Bought a new five with the snitches for these hoes. Trunk full of ammo, keep my toes close than most. Niggas keep their own shadow, and I strap for my foes like a saddle. I rock stones, other niggas rock gravel. Talk shit, whatever have you. I'm from Soundview, Bronx most wanted. Front get confronted, player we rolling deep in the 1.500s like Big Eye. Mad blunted, you step outside and get blooded Have your whole block flooded with the Bronx, it's a warning Storm in 
and guns out from dust till dawn and it's on no doubt keep an eye on your bitch when i'm roaming about and put an eye on your lip nigga watch your mouth i'm from the bronx wipe your feet when you step in my house cause you's a small time nigga about a half an ounce now new york niggas got crazy game but out of town niggas is all the same brooklyn niggas got crazy loot that's because when it's beef they ain't scared to shoot all them niggas know how to play back to 600 getting crazy pay niggas out of queens got shit on lock Strapped with the Glock running up in your spot But if it wasn't for the Bronx This rap shit probably never would be going on So tell me where you from Uptown baby, Uptown baby We gets down baby, I'm for the crown baby Now we back, you know, that was one hell of a song man The smash Uptown baby, you know what I'm saying We all know that the hip hop started in the BX um, Let's say mid 70s, early 70s Van Silk, you, Hello? what's up Van Silk? Yeah, I'm going on. What's up, kid? Man. I mean, kind of hit, kind of echoes to the phone. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you clear. Yeah, what up, player? What yeah. up, guns? Yo. Yeah. yeah, what's up? Hey, yo. I'm here, baby. Let's take it back to 85, man. Let's go, you know what I'm saying? We we, we, we early 70s, you know, hip-hop is, is really taking its infancy. Let's fast forward just a little bit. A lot of MCs say, you know, my, my first impression, my first uh, ex- exposure to hip-hop was when I heard Rapper's Delight. Then a lot of people say the message, Melly Mel, was like their greatest influence. Um, let's fast forward to 85, right? And I want to talk about King of Rock, the Run DMC movement. What is what, what are y'all, what is um, Van Silk? Around that time, it, it kind of tell us about how New York was, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm from California, so I, we had a different idea. But as far as New York is concerned... What was it like in 85 when King of Rock dropped? Well, King of Rock was something uh, different because it was a Rick Rubin production. Actually, it was a whole lot of Arthur Baker party time records. And, you know, Jazzy J produced that first single on Def Jam, which is originally the first single on Def Jam. And it totally was a flip from what everybody was doing previous, you know, to the... To, to the historical, to the pioneer era. It was totally different. You know, once Sugar Hill fell, everything's changed. You know, Run DMC, Teela Rock, whoever was coming out, you know, Cold Chillin', everybody went away to doing party songs and get a little bit more different and to bring it back to the streets. Right, right. So, so with the King of Rock, it kind of changed, you would say it was a kind of a game change around that time because if you look at... um. Um, flashing them, and you had, um, you know, a lot of artists who kind of came on stage in this costume. C- you, you, their uniforms, their costumes, kind of looking like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the funk bands of the seventies. But oh, then Run DMC. Oh, oh, oh. oh, you say King of Rock? I think you said King of Rock. Yeah, King of Rock. Oh, yeah, Run DMC, man. You know. Yeah. Oh, King of Rock. Well, well you know, besides King of Rock and what he did is yours, King of Rock changed the game because it was a more of a pop you know, rock record, you know, even though they were still wearing the leather outfits, you know, like the pants and the jacket with the hat and everything, it was just a different version of what Flash and them was doing, what Nelly Mullen was doing, what Treacherous was doing. Everybody was walking around with leather and feathers and spikes and stuff. It was just that Queens came with a different flavor, you know, and the record was a record for an audience that was crossed over. Understanding that that audience was already opened up with Planet Rock right. and with the message and with Rapid Delight, so they already had a transcending audience. And remember, those groups were already traveling overseas already, 
So they had the audience. Kegel Rock just opened the audience from the TV standpoint. Right, right. And, and to me, it was kind of ironic that you had a hip-hop group who was really, you know, putting rock out there, like the king of rock. Like, rock is like the ultimate marquee, but then you got hip-hop and all these other genres that fall under it that shows that you might be a rock star. Even though you're a hip-hop artist, you're a rock star, so they brought in the rock element, which is cool, and it still stands to this day, you know what I'm saying? Um, Peter Guns, at, around that time, were, were Run DMC or kind of name some of your just like rewind to the 1985 Peter Guns what was Peter Guns doing in 85 around the time King of Rock dropped oh man I was still I was rhyming already doing my thing but at that time uh man Run DMC they they were just like they had me Run DMC believe it or not reminded me of the people that inspired me the most the Cold Crush yeah uh DMC was sounding a lot like like JDL and, and, and um Almighty KG to me. So it was just that they took something that I was already loving and, and already hip to and just took me all the way to the next level. But they had reminded me heavy of the Cold Crush a little bit. I know it sounds crazy, but they did. But they took it next level, man. And um, they was very inspiring to me. Yeah. Very inspiring. They was making hot records. And they was kicking down doors, like doing um, uh, Walk This Way with Aerosmith. That was like, Next level, you know what I mean? Right, Next right. level. They kicked down the door with my Adidas and, and, and getting sponsorships for rappers. They were kicking down the doors with that, you know what I mean? That, that, that made people look at rappers in a different way. So it's a lot of things that that, that earlier run DMC. I would have to put them at the um, very top of my list. Wow. And then shortly, not shortly after that, you know, you got the people that really inspired me. You got your Slick Ricks and your Canes, but I guess we'll get to that. But they set it off. I, I have to say they set it off in the way of crossing over and getting branding and, and, and records that was like, wow. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's cool. It's, you know, it, and that shows that there's not a um, um, a regional, uh, you know, uh, selection that you can... Well, being from the Bronx, you know what I'm saying, and you saying that a Queens group is one of your top, you know what I'm saying? Because I know you came up listening to the Cold Crush and, you know, the battles that they had out there with, with Boogie Down and, the, and the, you know, Cold Chilling and all that. But uh, and all, oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying, and all the beef that went down, you know. But um, we gonna we gonna as a matter of fact, we gonna kick it to um, as a, but before we get into that, there's another song from '85 that had rock in the in the in the uh, title, which is "Rock the Bells." You know what I'm saying? And, and it had a it had a, a a sound which was so unique to me as a young person growing up. You know, I'm, I was about nine or eight when that song dropped. But as I got older, what, LL's Rock the Bells? LL's Rock the Bells, you know what I'm saying? 85, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Off the, that was some go-go, some go-go in that. Exactly. Um, you know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. trouble funk and all that. So Van Silk, Peter Guns, whoever, you know, just chime in. Like, what was your first, what was your impression or your first experience hearing Rock the Bells and, and the whole LL experience and the Def Jam? You know, talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Toward the, uh, you know what I'm saying, still in the 85 era. Well, well, now, now, go ahead, you go, man. You go on that. Rock, Rock the Bells was, a, 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 here, here we go with another song driven by people who had rock influences. Rick Rubin, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it was a, a totally different song. And a lot of people don't know that there are two versions to Rock the Bells. There was an original version, and then we cut another version. And since you, you know, since you said that, I'm going to play the original version. I'm not going to play the song, the track that everybody hears. I'm going to play the original. I'm glad, I'm glad you said right. that. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, and another thing that's the heart of that, going, we also got to look at hip-hop in general. When you go back to... 
the previous five, uh, you had guitarists like Doug Wimbish, who played with Mick Jagger, Skip McDonald, and all these guys who played with, you know, Mick Jagger, and they played with, um, uh, oh my God, the, the guitarist that died, what's his name? Uh, my brain just went, the greatest black guitarist song, Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix and these guys. So, Sylvia put that influence in. Russell and um, Rick Rubin brought in a whole different influence because of the backgrounds. And that was good for hip-hop because, it, like I said, it transcended the music. It was no more just the loop and drum beat. You, know, you had the DMX machine. You had the 808s. You, know, you had all these different sounds coming in. And Rock the Bells was just another good record. Right. Another good record. Yeah. Guns, you want to touch on that? Um, Rock the Bells, I got family from D.C. and Virginia, so it reminded me a little bit of the go-go that was going on out there, but that wasn't the most impressive thing, it was the energy that L.L. brought to that record, man. The intro to that record to this day, <laughs> when he does it in concert, is like no other. Right. L.L. Cool J is hard as hell. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know what I mean? The energy that he brought on that record, not to mention, he was dead nice. Right. A lot of people, you know, he falls through, he made such good records that it falls through the cracks. That dude was dead nice. LL was dead nice. nice so nice. He, he can make those love records, you know what I mean? Those, are, you know, I need love, but then come back and smash you with Jack the Ripper. Right, right. But that particular song was, um, that particular song, was the energy, it was just everything about it, man. That was it. And that was his intro. I'm here. Right. That was it. And that I'm is, here. That, that's probably. Um, besides going back to Cali and um, maybe maybe a couple others, that's Rock the Bells is probably my favorite jam. You know what I'm saying? And as I DJ around, yeah. When I play that song and I maybe do a little, you know, cut cut the intro up on the DJ tip. It it it, it gives me energy as a DJ to keep playing that man. So, but as a matter of fact, we're gonna get yeah. we're gonna get into it right now. Rock the Bells by Run DMC and LL Cool J. Rock the Bells. Give me let, let, right. let, me, let me rewind. King of Rock King by of Run Rock. DMC. I'm tripping. I was King. about to say. <laughs> King, of Rock, King of Rock by Run DMC. And we got Rock the Bells by LL. And it's going down like this. We in the place. We chilling. Van Silk and Peter Guns is in the house. 360 Mix Radio. Yes, sir. Let's get it. I'm the King of Rock. There is none higher. Sucker MCs should call me sire. To burn my kingdom, you must choose fire. I won't stop rocking till I retire. Now we rock dog parties. It come correct. All cuts are on time. And rhymes connect. Got the right to vote and we'll elect And other rappers can't stand us, but give us respect
show tell. I stood on many stages, held many mics. Take airplane flights at huge heights. All you sucker MCs, you gotta say please. Cause money jumps high. I'm pulling down reeds, got a song so strong. He's knocking down trees, is it hard to believe it from DMC? Very important records, you know what I mean? King of Rock, Rock the Bells, it's, it's going down. Now let's fat, let's hit the let's hit the old school tape recorder, fast forward button, and we we in '86 now. You know what I'm saying? We in '86, '86, and two tracks that I selected at random come from New York. They come from down south, Miami. You know what I'm saying? There's one group that is really standing up for the Caucasian inspiration in hip-hop. The Beastie Boys, one of my favorite groups of all time. Ad Rock, rest in peace to MCA. And shout out to Mike D, you know what I'm saying? But Paul Revere, one of the the dopest beats I ever heard, played in reverse. Um, Mm -hmm. And and speak on that. 1986, Paul Revere, the License to Ill album. Anybody can just chime in, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. Okay, I'm going to go first. Beastie Boys caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Okay, to be honest, 
didn't understand it because when you caught in one generation, like, yo, you got to have the lyrics and the rhymes. You know, everybody's changed the game. Rakim changed the game with his style. I, You know, Mel, Mel was trying to rap like Rakim at one point. And then you got LL over here. You got Run DMC over here. And then here you come with three Caucasian guys that didn't even have their picture on the first album. Right. Beachy Boys. Again, the transcendent of musical background that you know your music of sampling gave you another edge. To me, they, they, they gave the door opener for artists like of another color, like an Eminem to be where he's at. Right. You know, they opened they wide the audience to say, okay, we as white boys, we could do this too. You know, and it was accepted yeah. because they came through a, a, a different channel. They came to a channel that was already respected. Right, right. And there's nothing yeah. bad to say about the BC boys. Nothing. Right. Can't take it. No. And like Peter Gunn said, I, can, they, they, man, they, they Steph, nice. I got I got something bad to, I got something bad to say about them. They beat me and Tariq for the Grammy, yo. <laughs> 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 nah, they were you know what actually the crazy thing is, man, the BC boys that it, I'm with Van on that, man. It was hard for me. I didn't get them at first, but then when I finally got them and went back and listened to that album, and I, I was late. I was late, man. I was late. I, you know, I'm here to admit on a couple artists I was late, and that's those artists I was I was with Van Silk on that. Like, yo, what? With that being said, man, that's it's classic, man. I love that album. And, and uh, when they beat us in, um, they beat us in 1998 for the Grammy, and I remember being a little bitter because they didn't have a hit record at that time, and I felt like the people that was, um, the people that, you know, I guess nominate for the Grammys are, you know, are mostly like old, old white people and people that's in the studio, people that really shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they just the people that go with the familiar name, not with what's going on out there right now. I mean, I'm sure that's changed around. I actually didn't go to the Grammys because Jay Z told us to fall back. They wasn't expecting hip hop and not letting us perform and showing our segment on on TV, so I didn't go. But that, uh, that with that being said, it you know. I was bitter towards them that at that time, but at the time when they first came out, I was still I didn't I didn't I didn't get it. But then afterwards, man, yeah. But, but you know what? Uh, classic to this day. That's a classic album. To this day, exactly. But, and, and, but, it's still, and they're still selling it for seven ninety nine, so everybody can get it at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But you know the problem yeah. is the reason why a lot of us didn't get it. Me being like one of the one of the beginning promoters in the game. We wasn't associating ourselves when Africa Islam and Sapphire Freddy was doing the downtown scene and bringing different genres into our culture. Or well, I didn't understand why Africa Islam would go and play this rock music and all this stuff. So, like, again, Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons was hanging in a different down the yeah. bridge. Yeah. There's kids that's going to, like, you're going to fight to write the party. Come on, that was, to me, the video was stupid. But if you look at today's Smack Cam, you're not going to, they got Smack Cam parties with a bunch of white boys in Boston letting you get in Smack, but you ain't going to do that with brothers. Right. We ain't going to let you just no. Smack Cam with us. Hell no. So, <laughs> you know, that was another, that was, you know what, that was another part of my business because you had artists out there like Rock Cam and all these different artists coming up that I felt like, yo, these dudes ain't nowhere near. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because they white boys that they, I had that, I had a little bit of that in me, a little racist shit in me, but I felt like they was getting more, 
more airplay and more love because they was white and it was shocking to the world than, than artists that I felt was better than them. But at the end of the day, they made good music, man. It was dope. And, I, you know, I, and I, I'm glad I got over that and got it. You know, I eventually got it because my boys used to be like, man, you better listen. Right. Bullshit. And I said, nah, it's just whack. But, um, you know, let's remember, I mean, cut up real quick, Peter, because you know, all I forget. Let's remember that the BC Boys went out underneath running them on tour, and then it turned around with running them was the BC Boys were the headline. Yeah. Mm, I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. And that, I did and, not know that. And that, that really shows the power of hip hop to where you can. Even if you were, you know, got exposure to an artist or a group late, you still were able to say, "All right, let me go back and check this out." Oh, you know what? This is some, this is some dope shit. This, this, this album is kind of fly. And and then went later, you know, toward the latter part of the '80s, here comes Third Base. You know, another white group that's dope. You know, what I'm saying on the same label though. You know, what I'm saying which, absolutely. You know, so they ended up being dope as well. So shout out to the Beastie Boys once again. Rest in peace to MCA. Shout out to um, Ad Rock and uh, Mike D. But now we gonna we 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 gonna turn around. We gonna make a U-turn in Manhattan and go south down to Miami. You know what I'm saying for the next okay. song that's that I'm gonna um, big up in in the nineteen the year of 1986 off of the uh, the first album from the Two Live Crew um, called uh, We Are Two Live is what we are. Um, the song Get It Girl. You know one of those those party jams. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and 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 um, you know, one of those uh, you know, early Miami bass records that transcended into what is now kind of like the crunk and the trap music. It kind of, I would say that Planet Rock started it off. Then you got the Miami bass, the Atlanta bass, and it goes into like the snap music and all that. It transcended, right. but it all kind of morphed from 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 this type of music. So y'all speak on '86 and how New York um, kind of. Uh, when when the Miami scene kind of rose, how were people feeling? Especially like Peter Guns, you from the Bronx, so it's like this is the birthplace of hip hop. Well, you know what I'm saying? You know what? I left something out. Now that you now that you said that, I left something out. That LL Cool J record, going back to that real quick. That um, Rock the Bells inspired, and I could be wrong. They might be mad at me for this, but that New Orleans twerk music. Uh, if you listen to it, yeah, a lot of it has that loop in it. Right. That LL loop. I'm telling you, go back and listen to it. Yeah. I was in New Orleans listening to it, and I was like, damn, all these old records got the LL loop in it. But anyway, people always think I'm trying to give credit to New York, but I just, it's just food for thought. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? If that's what it is, it is. You know what I'm saying? It's food for thought. You know, yeah, I mean, just do, check it out yourself. It's something that I thought about when I was in New Orleans, and, and I heard, you know, I was listening to it, the old school music, and I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's the LL loop. Then in every song. Yeah. And it was like, and I was, I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I hate to say it just started in New York. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, so yeah we, man, you know, look, I guess you want to talk about the bass music down in Miami? Yeah, yeah, Get It Girl yeah. is the song. Of the, is I wasn't, song I ain't going to lie to you, I wasn't, I wasn't much into that, brother. I ain't going to lie, I'll be a liar to see so I'll have, I know you had Doodle Brown, yeah. and I love to see the chicks get down to it, but I don't, I don't even own a two live crew record. Yeah. Well... Well, I, I could say this too. I could need to thank Planet Rock and all those songs that was looped and sampled. You know, but definitely like to give props to MC Shadi, Latrim out of Florida. You also got to speak on, you know, like you know, Two Live Crew and what they did in the original DJ Magic Mike from Florida. You know, yeah. um, that was just their generation. That was their concept. Uh, Miami was a party town. 
You know, and like I tell, me and Peter was talking a couple weeks ago when I was saying it, you just go and look at hip-hop from Houston, you know, with DJ Screw. It took people a lot of years to understand chop and screw music. Right, right. You know? And again, we were so stuck on lyrical content and not saying, this is where they come from in Miami. This is how they get down, so this is how they party. Right. We as New York stuck with the rats and the roaches and the bullets and everything else. This is how we get down. Mm-hmm. So that's what expanded hip-hop. And, you know, we listened to two live crew, and they rapping fast, and you couldn't understand half the stuff they were saying, but that's just their lingo and their language and their and, and they accent. Right. I love it. I mean, I love the girls. The girls was naked. So that was what it was about me. The girls and the well, smut. No, it was the smut. <laughs> and, and the naked girl. Yeah, the smut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel it. It wasn't much about the music. It was nothing much about the music for me, except when I knew I saw um when I when I saw um what's my man name Luke because we toured with Luke. We toured with Luke for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. we did. I, I, I had a dancer too. I had one or two of his dances. I ain't gonna say no name, but and let's keep right. it. And let's keep it real. Let's keep it real to America. Luke created twerking, so let's not get it twisted. Right. Uh-huh. Luke dancers were twerking first. Right. Yo, a lot of that shit. I mean, I was on tour with him. I saw it. You right. You right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that being said, we're gonna kick it in there into the 1986, the year of 1986. We're gonna start off with Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys, and we're gonna get into Get It Girl by the Two Live Crew. We still, we still in the place to be. You know what I'm saying? 360 Mix Show, BeatBreakRadioFM.com, and we got Peter Guns in the house, and we got the big homie Van Sill. What they know about that? So, yeah, yes. you know what I'm saying? So we're going to kick it in. We'll be right back. 360. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that Rob and me. My team. had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey and a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Sheriff splashes on my tail because I'm in demand. One lonely BCIP. The sun is beating down on my baseball hat The air is getting hot, the beer is getting flat Looking for a girl, I ran into a guy His name is MCA, I said howdy, he said hi Boom. 
respect. Your cash and your jewelry is what I expect. MCA was with it, and he's my ace. So I grabbed the piano player and I punched him in the face. Piano player's out, the music stops. This boy had beef and he got dropped. Mike D grabbed the money. MCA slaps the gold. I grabbed two girlies and a beer that's cold.
Two Live Crew, Beastie Boys. I love the 808s that both of those crews um, always use. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, Peter Guns, what, 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 um, as far as production, and the 808, the SP-1200, you got the MPC. Yeah. Now, a lot of cats is using Fruity Loops and, and uh, you know, all these different programs. Like, what, what is what was your um, studio weapon of choice when you guys were in there creating that magic? When I started creating, I was definitely on the MPC, but my first machine was the um, 808, the original 808. Yeah. That rolling. I'm so mad. I, I, I'm so mad I sold that, that joint. I sold it for 2500 Wow. I'm so mad I Fair sold man. my original 808. Wow. But, yeah, no, I love the 808. That was my drum machine of choice. But, of choice. but of course, when the MPC came and I was able to sample drums into that and program them, like, like take a James Brown record that I love and take his drums and program them, yeah. Of course, the MPC 3000, that was it. It was nothing. You, you can tell me nothing about that machine. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Um, You know, shout out to Fruity Loops and all these other programs, but there's nothing like that analog feel that you get. You know what I'm saying? And um, the homie, the big homie, the West Coast OG, DJ Quick, man, he's still using that analog, that big, the mixing board, the whole console, you know, keeping his... By the way, up. that's my favorite producer. Quick. Favorite producer. Just, I just want to let that be known to the world. DJ Quick. DJ Quick is my favorite rap producer, favorite producer that I've ever been around, ever worked with. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's your favorite DJ Quick song? So Many Ways with Peter, featuring Peter Gunn. Ah. Second to none. <laughs> I threw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I threw that out there. Just to... you, know I ain't gonna, <laughs> you know I wasn't going to let you say it. <laughs> but yeah. Rhythm and Rhythm is my favorite album, man. Go, you can play that whole album and not skip a joint. That's my favorite DJ Quick album, man. His um, song, but his album Book of David is one of the most underrated albums ever. But DJ Quick as a producer, man, unbelievable. 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 You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, dope. And Book of David is definitely a classic album. I love it myself. My favorite DJ Quick album is probably gonna be. It's probably got to be um, uh, the first album. You know what I'm saying? Quick is the name. Okay, you know I was yeah. Come on, oh, man. man. Quick. You know the way he used those samples and just you know the out the song tonight. You know, it's just I don't know. We can do a whole segment on this. Tonight was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And yo, check this out. I'm here to tell you that Quick was another one I was late on. Late. Yeah. Yeah. Late. It might have been my ignorance of the West Coast, East Coast ignorance. It might have been part of that. Well. He was a part of it, that, that too. But, you know, like, when I came out to L.A. with Shaq, and Shaq wanted to work with DJ Quick, and I went in the studio and started working with Quick, I left out the studio like, this dude is Prince. That's why I came and told Shaq. I said, yo. I feel like I was working with Prince. Right, right. Like, people don't know he, how, how talented this dude is, instrument-wise and, and how, how anal he is about sound. You know what I mean? Anal. Yeah. He'll stay on the snare for hours. You know what I heard about? You know what I you heard, man, when it comes to sounds? I heard that there was a time when, when DJ Quick was up at Death Row and something happened and they had to get up out of the studio, you know, probably on, on you know one of those situations that happened at the row back in the days, but he left one of his reels right. with all his sounds on it. And it, 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 it ended up landing in, in, in another very popular West Coast producer's hands. And it ended up being the sounds for in the club for 50 Cent. Now, that's out of Quick's mouth. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know what I'm saying? His production, his sounds are like ones that even others use to make, you know, platinum records. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. I was gunning for one of his snares one day. I was gunning. <laughs> He had a snare that sounded like a gunshot was going off when he hit it. Wow. Yeah. And 
I asked him for it. He was like, certain things is your baby gun. Certain things is your baby. You can't, certain things you can't relinquish. <laughs> so I had to respect that. But now, nah, you know, we just talk about Quick Battle, man. I, I, I love that dude, man. Shout out to DJ Quick. I can't wait to work with him again. I'm actually putting him and Corey together. Wow, that's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Well, I'm trying to dig out. I'm trying to dig some records. I'm trying to dig some beats Quick made in the 90s, in the early 90s or late 90s. Instead of, instead of um, I would like to hear Corey rhyme over something from that era. You know what I mean? Right. Something original from that era. And I know he got a lot of beats that he never used. But he ain't like that. He, he wants, you know him. He, I want to create something new for Corey. Yeah, yeah. I right. can see Corey rap over some old Compton's Most Wanted with MC8. Yeah, Damn. that'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, we man, we, that'd be crazy. We, hey, yo, this we gonna call this part one because we can drift off and have part two, man. I, I got to get y'all back on the line again at you know at another time. And absolutely, I already know we got to do part two. But look, we fast forward in 1987. We in 1987. Uh oh. 1987. Now, I, I for this particular year, I grabbed two records that are pretty much tracks that um are danceable. You know, I could have went deep and got some Public Enemy for the 87 um, year. I could have got something off the LL Bad album or something around that time. But I went and got Nobody Beats the Biz and How You Like nice. Me Now cool, uh, How You Like Me Now by Cool Mo D. You know what I'm saying? So, Fire. So either one of those. Oh, well, let me ask you something. Whatever, what, what year did the Slick Rick Adventures of Slick Rick come out? That was 88. Okay. That was 88. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. So... So we're looking at Nobody Beats the Biz, one of Colt Chillin's um, releases, um, the dope, dope Beat. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about that for a minute. He's Bismarck, okay. the star of the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Fly Like an Eagle, you know, the Steve Miller Band sample. Talk about that, y'all. Well, I'm going to go first because I've known Bismarck, since he was a little 14-year-old when he was running around behind me, Mike and Dave, over at IS-201, Bismarck is a very, very smart musical man when it comes mm -hmm. to samples. Yes. Between, between him and Aaron Fuchs, who owns Top America, and Jay-Z and Kanye, and probably owe him so much money because they've been using all his field town jazz stuff. It's like right. Bismarck... In that time and era, was not a great rapper because you know rapper parents made you who you were. But Bismarck is a transcendent again for being what the fat boys were trying to do comically. But Bismarck was never taken seriously as a rapper. But right. the stuff he came up with was funny. Nobody beats the biz with Cool V. You know they came with you got what I need and all this. He changed hip right. hop because that was another avenue again of somebody black who record that he took was big white pop records. And this guy didn't mind putting on an old wig for the 1700s and making fun of himself. <laughs> he really made fun of himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. Right. And yeah, he did. Coaching, you know, with Fly Tide, you know, and what they did over there. You know, God bless Lenny's soul. You know, Lenny is going. But I talked to Ty. And Cold Chillin' was another answer with the Juice Crew and Mr. Magic and Marley Marl and Roxanne Shantae and all of them. You know, that was a whole other thing for Queens with MC Shan. And I just say the whole collective bargaining from all that that came out was great music. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. 
Uh, I was just with Bismarck yesterday, so that's funny. He DJ'd a party in New York, and it brings me, you know, Van Silk just touched on something that, that um, he said that there's no music and samples, and I think that's why today he's probably one of the best DJs you could have um, at your party yeah. because of that. Right. And it's like every record he threw on at this party, even last night, you know, it was like the crowd, ah, oh, ah, oh, and it was not like your know, normal records that DJs play. Right. And it was a throwback party. It's called the Freedom Party. They had him there as a guest. But um, Silk is right, man. He's he's a genius. Like, dude, may not be the best rapper. I think King was writing for him. Am I am I am I right, Silk? Um, I was think King might have with something, but at the end of the day, nobody's ever gonna come to Bismarck. Oh, yo, you you need a ghostwriter. You know, at the end. You know, the whole thing that they did, who you have every day, you can't, it's nothing you can say. Without Coach Chillin, there was a big void in the middle for hip hop. Wow, yeah. And Absolutely. I, and actually, I, I had, agree. I had, um, um, I did an interview with MC Shan, you know what I'm saying? And, and I had a chance to speak. He's actually in the A, out here in the ATL, and I had a chance to um, sit down and talk to him, and he gave me a better understanding of the importance of Cold Chillin and the whole movement that they had. And he went into um, the, 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 of course, the beef that they had with the legendary Bronx crew, the BDP posse. You know what I'm saying? But to this yeah, day. Yeah, that's that shit. That's that at all. That's what set, that's that. If it wasn't for Cold Chillin', right. that, set off, that set off the whole thing with um, Karis One, Boogie yeah. Down Production. Yeah, but you know, the, great, the greatest thing about the, the whole beef, and even, well, I'm not going to say anything about the LL and the cool, Kumo D beef because I don't really know how, how they stand today, but. I was able to watch videos and, and I mean interviews that they've done sitting on the same couch, KRS and Kara, and um, MC Shan, and it's all good. They they laughing and they chilling. They they you know having plans to do work together in the future, and it's cool. It didn't come out to no street stuff. Nobody got injured. Nobody. Oh, that took a, that took a long time to happen. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? But that's when we we come from something different from back then. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a, it was like the nineties, late nineties, nineties era. But things got real, you know what I mean? Like, even now, things can get real, and it's mostly, mostly the people around you, man. It don't even be you. You're just the artist, and the dudes around you take it to another level, man. But, you know, you, you have to be silly and let some rap beef, you know, lead you to violence, man. And it happens because I say, again, the people around you, you know what I mean? Like, yo... You know, you get that. You can get that now with dudes around you that be like, "Yo, such such don't start showing love towards Corey or towards this." And when I see him, I'm like, "Yo, my man, knock knock it off." Right. Because you know what? Here's the deal with me. I never felt like in the business that you get respect that way. I got what drove me was I'm gonna make something that that they gonna have to play. I'm not gonna go look. See, that's that's why I'm spoiling. I was telling so I'm spoiling when me and Tariq did Deja Vu. My verse on that on that song is. 28 bars. Our hook on that song is 16 bars. It's a song all about New York. Right, right. And everybody that we played that record for was like, yo, it's a New York record. It's not a hit. We had a deal already. I had a deal already, and it was supposed to be the first single on my album on Shaq's label, Twism. Shaq said, that ain't it. It ain't hot. So I went to Shaq and said, yo, well, if if I got a deal with Tariq, can I do that album first and then come back and over you the album? He's like, Nobody's gonna find you for that. It's, it's everything against it. Then Plex in New York, it's not it. It's not it. It's about me. And then the shit grew legs, and everybody started calling us. Right. So it was a bidding war, and that's what I was used to. So the bottom line is, you shut artists up by you shut people up by making something that's undeniable. You don't go 
looking to punch him in his face because they don't get it. I like I like the route of you ain't gonna have no choice but to yeah, but to respect something I do. I like that route. Right. But what's so funny is with all the beef that was going on back in the day. Here, for instance, where LL and Moe made up that my pay per view special rap mania. They actually shook hands that night. But wow. Also, let's remember, LL has beef with Ice T at the same time. Right. Right. Now, we got to remember, Zulu Nation, there's been many calls with either me and Bam or me and Islam or me and Mickey Benson. When Chaos One was having a beef with them, that we've been on the phone with Tyrone or this one or Red Alert. We've been on many phone calls like, yo. This is not going to go down like that. This is about every... It was small then. So that's why we've seen a lot of guys got into fights. It might have been about the records. Because we've got to still remember, when L.O. had his beef, he became a Zulu. You know? Ice Cube, when he had his beef with N.W.A., he became a Zulu. So B.O. was protecting him in New York when he came right. to set those albums. And, you know, so we had respect for each other. There's been many nights I've been on the phone, me, Melly Melly, Islam, talking to... You know, Russell, because when Bibby B got arrested on the LL tour for rape, that, you know, Bam had to make the call to make sure Busy B got out of jail. So there's been a lot of phone calls. There's been a lot of calls that people don't know. Like, listen, man, you know you can't come to this OP, but this ain't taken care of. Right, right. Right. You know? Right. Right. But yeah. And it was respect. And, and and coming from that, you know, what I'm saying if we if we sum all that up, we we mentioned LL, we mentioned the BDP, we mentioned Cold Chilling, and that brings me to the next song, which um, is by Cool Mo D, which is one of the. And I I was actually watching it this morning, the Busy B and um, Cool Mo D um, uh, battle at at Harlem World back in the days. Um, so let's talk about this. Enough. This is the second song from '87. How you like me now? You know, what I'm saying going at LL. How much of an impact did that have on the game, and and what are your what are your recollections of that track? Well, let me get to that because people gonna come from different angles. Actually, the first Busy B Kumo B battle was given by me, AJ, and the late Randy DJ Randy Mong, where we gave those parties. Wow. And AJ used to give a lot of parties, battles with Busy B, and you know Celebrity Club, and you know I love AJ because he got me in the game. DJ AJ, who was actually one DMC DJ before Jam Master J, just for people to know. Okay. So, um, you know, you had Chase Slate Projects and over there with Johnny Wan, Ray Wan, and all them guys coming across the Harlem world. Busy B was winning too many battles because your DJ AJ was giving the party. It was just so funny that night, 4MD battle, Cold Crush, and then when it came to the solo artist, Busy B would go last. You know, mm -hmm. and it was directed for Busy to win. But Modi, who the Treacherous Three would never allow us to use their pictures on the fly, it was always a silhouette of them, LA, and, and um, Special K. Modi just happened to come down to get into the contest. And he said, I don't want the money, you, I want the trophy. And what happened that first night, and I'm going to bring this up to the battles of the Modis and LL, is that Modi really won the first weekend, but the crowd was so much busy B, and Modi never hung out that he had to do it a second time, mm -hmm. two weeks later. And he said the same thing. Busy B didn't prepare for the following, what was going to happen. You know, because 
Well, he was a, a, a lyricist, man. Yeah. This right. piece was a party rocker. Yeah. Different generation. Yeah, he killed it. Now, the leader to LL. Two different artists. That, yeah, that was just two different things. I understood that too, still. Yeah, so yeah. And the leader to LL, nobody picked up on the How You Like Me Now until he's seen that tango underneath that wrangler. Right. Yep. Right. But I got L in that battle. Sorry, I know y'all probably disagree back with this. Well, I mean, L was L had an edge because he was new. He he was trying to get signed to Sugar Hill. He idolized Mo. He said, "Man, you know Mo being Melly Mel's my two greatest rapper." But I'm also going to take this not away from what we're discussing. I'm going to say it out my mouth. The old school Bronx rapper was the reason for their demise in this industry. Hmm. Because when Russell came to me when I was doing Broadway International with Leon Burrell, whose son started Court TV. He wanted to do Cold Crush versus Run MC. They didn't want to do it. You know, wow, I didn't know that. There was a lot of battles that went down at one point when the Furious Five had freedom was away. It was gone. Ray Channel was putting the Furious Five on the flyers, and they wasn't even here to play, you know, Audubon. Cold Crush could have swept them off their feet at one point because Cold Crush had tapes. Right. Right. So now with the Figures 5 being on tour with the Barcades and the Gap Band and Cameo and the Cold Crush still running around with Tape Man, and now your tape is circulating everywhere. You're doing party with AJ, Arthur Armstrong, you know, Mike and Dave, you know, man, Dip like Cold Crush was like the legendary group without a head. Right, right. That's Indeed. what they were. And Snuff game with the How You Like Me Now with the Teddy Wright to do track to do the Kango underneath there and they took it oh shit. He smashed the LL's Kango. Mm-hmm. And that's all it that's all it came to. Go see the doctor, how you like me now, you know, then the battle went on to Jack the Ripper, you know, Mama C knocked you out and all that. Yeah. Marketing, to the break of dawn, to the break of dawn yeah. To the break of dawn was ridiculous. ridiculous. And was <laughs> and it was better marketing, better production. At the end, Mo was an old school lyricist who 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 took L to his peak, and mm-hmm. now was the new Jack who said, "Listen, I'm gonna give you a run for your money." Right. But at yeah. the end, at the end, without those two battles, hip hop would have been dead in that era. Right. And and KRS One, mm-hmm. KRS One said himself, like you know, because Busy B was with the ball, did it ball, did dang, did dang, and then you had, you know, then you had Kumo D who came through with that, with the, with the most, um, you know, the flow that 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 more, uh, that more uh, connects to what's going on now. Like all the artists who were spitting, they got you know the Meek Mills and all these guys who were actually spitting and got flows. Um, Kumo D came in with that, and it's like, and Kumo D said, if it wasn't for that battle, just like Silk said hip-hop would be, you know, still doing different type of cadences and rocking parties as opposed to being lyricists. So with, with all that being said, right. man, we're going to kick it right now into Nobody Beats the Biz. We in 1987. Nobody Beats the Biz, and we're going to get into How You Like Me Now by Cool Mo D. You know what I'm saying? Once again, we still chilling. We got yeah. Van Silk. We got Peter Guns in the house. This is how we doing it with DJ 360, 360 Radio, BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Y'all in the house? Y'all chilling? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we gonna yo. We left somebody out on that on that record, man. Nobody beats the biz. We left somebody out. Who was your man that used to sing the hooks, man? Silk, I forgot his name. TJ Swan. TJ Swan. Yeah. Oh, that's another innovative idea. Yeah, yeah. He, he here we go with um TJ Swan. Then you got Nate Dogg, and you got you know um, T Pain. All these guys who kind of got the hip hop 
singing melodies. Yeah, so shout out to Tony yeah. Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so here it is. Nobody beats the biz and how you like me now. Or just have a seat and listen to the way in what I am displaying. A different kind of rapper language that I am saying. To all the party people, let it go with info. When it comes to rocking parties, I am a info. Maniac, brainiac for doing my dancing. My record make the music. We'll put you in a trance and transcend your body and like it. Make my cardigan. You won't be fighting the ill and you just be partying down. What the funky sound with yours truly? I'm the original B I Z. I mean, okay, I will the E and I the end to have fun and not be number one and just here to let you know. Who's like fun in the place And everywhere that I perform and do a show Show As long as you know that Nobody beats the biz 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 You know me at the I go for what I know, doing a show for human beings. I'm guaranteed the rock to make the ladies scream and shout. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn the party out. The body rapper, Joe Tapper, always have a form. And when you hear the biz monkey, I get the jaw done. Yes, I'm the M and R, you know that's me. I got the stutter step to keep it check. My speed is so unique. So they say I look and sound funny, but I don't be caring. I rock the Latin quarter root, top beam, square, and Roseland. The hearts are Madison Square Garden, even my foot worth fit at Java Center. Pardon the way that I'll be talking about the places I'll be rocking. I love to perform for the people that be clocking. Not saying that you're on mine, don't want it like I want it, but you pay for a good performance. Don't want it, you want it. That's why I'm here to be like letting you know that I'm a highly recognized as the kid that's going. Making people laugh and have a lot of enjoyment. I'm the best person for this type of employment. That's why, that's Nobody why. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. On and on to the break of dawn. When you buy food cheap, you need a coupon. I catch a sale retail before it gets stale. So hurry up and get the wick. Check out the mail and shout nonstop. By how I hip hop on the mic and like. Make it cooperate with the rhythm. That is what I give them. Reagan is depressed, but I voted for Shirley Chisholm. It might sound confusing, the style that I'm using. But in the end, I'm sure that you will find it quite amusing and funny. Oh, honey, it's just ridiculous. Don't try to front. Come on and admit you was thrilled. Chill, your heart was fulfilled. So respect the architect as I begin to build. Science and my reliance is a form of rap. Like Carl Lewis, I get to it. So let's go to last. Go to last. I formatate on, then I watch you three seconds later. I watch you shaking your head, dancing instead of sitting. The rhymes kick. The beat's hitting you just like a home run, slamming like a slam dunk. Ride the wave, James Brown, Dave Funk, it happened to James like it happened to me. How you think it feel to see another MC get paid? Using my rap style, and I'm punching.
playing the background. Meanwhile, I ain't with that. You can't forget that. You took my style. I'm taking it back, coming back like Return of the Jedi. Sucker MCs in the place that said I could only rock rhyme and only rock crowds, but never rock records. How you like me now? Now, brothers are riding me like a pony. I'm no phony, I'm the only real microphone playing the mic like it's supposed to be played. New Jacks, you all should have stayed out of the business. What is this amateur night at the Apollo? Get off this stage, I'm enraged. Just like a lion trapped inside of a cage, I'm the real king. Rap is a jungle. I never understood how could one go to a party, watch me, stand around and jock me, become a rapper, then try to rock me. Scheming like a demon, you're screaming and dreaming. I'm from the old school. I used to see men die for less, but I'm not living that way. I let my mic do the talking and let the music play. And try to get yourself in my shoes But they won't fit you I'm bigger and better Forget about Defa Every time I rock the mic I left a stain in your brain That will remain Stuck in the back of your brain Until you see me again Respect I come correct The rhymes I select Are nothing short of perfect Vernacular's pure And I can ensure life or death with my breath My voice is secure I feel life From the words I spread I'll make a sick man rock on his deathbed Sucker MCs I'll make your girl say ow And she's jocking. Now how you like me now? Yeah, we still in full effect. 360 Radio, BeatBreakRadioFM.com. We right here. Now we getting into the latter part of the... You know, with the latter part of the 80s, we're getting into 88 and 89. You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're back with um, 1988. Now, two these these two songs here are, are two of the most, I would say, groundbreaking in a sense. We got Rebel Without a Pause by Public Enemy. And we got Boys in the Hood by Eazy-E in the NWA camp out there in Cali. You know what I'm saying? So, what was, yeah. what was going on in 88? You know what I'm saying? Peter Guns, Van Sill. What was going on in 88? Um, with your careers or with your influence and what y'all were doing as far as the music is concerned in the New York part while Public Enemy was... Crack. Yeah. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I think of 88. I don't know about myself. Now, nah, God, I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go ahead and knock this out because in 88, 89, I was working on the first hip-hop special called Rap Mania and I was out in L.A. and... Right before NWA dropped, you know, I went over to Ice Cube's house. I'm thinking he's this gangster kid. He's living like, I thought he was Opie from, you know, Andy Griffin. Went with his mom and his brother. He had a little green wrangler. And the funny thing is, you look at Public Enemy, you didn't know where it was coming from. All I knew was that Chuck was part of Spectrum with Dre and, you know, all the guys from Queens, because me and Mike and Davis have been partying out in Queens. 
But again, Professor Greff was the part that made public enemy who we were. If Flavor Flay was a comical, I think Chuck D might have, I'm not sure of Chuck, I think he might have been hurt a long time ago. Mm. Because Flavor Flay offset what Chuck's message was. Yeah. Um, a very good group, a very powerful group. Chuck was the first rapper to fight against the RIAA when he created Rap Station years ago and for the downloads. And nobody, and um, just seeing Chuck still going after 95 tours and giving a lot of rappers who come from the old school work with hip hop guards, you know, Public Enemy Rebel Without a Pause was just something that was needed in hip hop. Yeah. Because to me, when you look at great hip hop groups, there's so many groups that you can say that are groups. There's only four groups in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Grandmaster Flash, the Freeze Five. Run DMC, DC Boys, and Public Enemy. Right. Well, and because that's 25 years later, can't take nothing away from Public Enemy because Public Enemy is still around without even having to deal with a record label. Right, right. As far as NWA, I was out there in the West Coast when we were going back and forth looking at what they did with 59,000 members with Alonzo Williamson when he first started NWA. <laughs> Um, right, right. To me, I understood N.W.A. because when I teed at 6 in the morning, which was on McCola Records, and Tommy T, Battleham, and all that, you knew there had to be a group that was going to come out eventually and say, listen, that's the most dangerous rap group in the world. To me, if you want to say whatever top five rap groups ever in the whole history of hip-hop, N.W.A. will always be in the top five, and that's my accolades and what I think of them. I definitely agree with that. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and that song on um, Boys in the Hood was like it transcended from like um what was it PSK with um uh, um Schoolie D out there in Philly. It had that same format, and then like you said, Six in the Morning by Ice T. All of that had the same format, and then Dre kind of took that whole formula, the format of how the cadences and how the breaks and the the beats were set up, and did Boys in the Hood. So it sounded all the same. And here we had Boys in the Hood on the on that um, the first album with NWA and the Posse with about like you said fifty nine thousand members on the cover. Then they shrink, shrunk it yeah. down. You know what I'm saying? It had um. Yo, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yo, you know NWA man. You know what's crazy about NWA situation? Easy in them. Uh huh. New York absolutely adored them. Like we loved them. They said. Where some of us was hesitant, most of us was hesitant to say they said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like fuck the police. But more than that, just 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 they went from like everybody went from like damn these dudes is dope. They all had that to the whole West Coast East Coast thing, and then they became like ah, oh. and it was weird like overnight. But you had certain people in New York, and I'm one of them now. I was like y'all can see what y'all want. Get them. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. tough. You know what I mean? Right. They tough. And uh, but yeah, E E at that time that first record came was just something new, man. And I and I'm I'm a fan of people that just come with the next, the new, right. the next, the new. That I I love it, man. And that brings me back to what you said. The first question was, ain't happening no more, man. Ain't happening no more, man. We had back then all type of different things coming out and coming. It's right now. It's like we stuck in some type of. I can't explain it. It ain't happening no more. Right. And, um, we, you know, we don't have another EVE right now. No, we don't. And, and, and we got another 
Uh-huh. Yeah, remember with Easy E, he came first. Boys in the hood, we want Easy jumping through the screen and all. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Again, oh, he a West Coast rapper. Oh, he can't rap. But we remember going back to L.A. in '81 when we had the club, the Zulu Nation, with Africa Islam called Water the Bush. So we we had our doors open to Egyptian Lover and all these guys on the West Coast. Right. You know. Wow. World class. I see. Yeah. McCullough Records, Don McMillan was on Santa Monica Boulevard cutting their 12 inches, and IT had all these 12 inch records making more money than the artists who had albums. Right, right. Wow. Right. So, yo, let me, let me say this real quick. Most of my hip hop knowledge comes from the man we on the phone with. So, like, I'm sitting here with my jaw down right now listening to him. Like, I always learn something new, man. Yeah. I don't even want to talk. <laughs> I don't even want to listen. This dude. Yeah, you got, so got so much knowledge, man. That's why it's an honor. He was, de- he was there. He was there, man. He was there. Yeah, it's definitely. You know what's so funny? 316, I don't want to bring this up. It was so funny. Me and Peter might have ran across each other's past. But when I first talked to him a couple months ago, I said, yo, you didn't know I was the one who connected you and Lord to the with Mark Passard over there at A&M. That's so crazy. Mark used to work with us at uh, RCA Records with Captain Evans. And Artie at Fest Magazine bought the single to me and Kevin Evans. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Crazy, you know what I'm saying? That's amazing. Yeah, no, nah, the Silk got Silk. Let me tell you something, man. Silk is so deep in this this game right here, man. Yeah. Yeah, you can... Still keeping this game, yeah. Yeah. E-V-E, the truth. Yeah. Yo, can I ask Silk a question that has nothing to do with what we're talking about? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Silk, Rock Kim and, Rock Kim and Kane battle. Did you have anything to do with that? Uh, I was... After Rap Mania, I was going to do the great MC convention, and I offered Rock Kim and Kane a half a million dollars. Kane talked about that in uh, uh, what's the the Big Rock magazine? He told me to call me. It never Rolling happened. Stone. Rolling Stone. That was my battle because BMC was going to challenge KRS One, and nothing else. Say he didn't care who he took. So I was trying to set up like the WWE. Wow. LL and Mo D for a million dollars. LL father told me to call LL to hang the phone up. So I call LL. I say, yo, dog, Mo D, one million. When it takes 750, lose it, take 250. But mm. it was supposed to happen in 91. I was in Burpadell when I approached Kane on it. He said, what the Rock Kim said? Rock Kim was with it. Wow. wow. And Kane called me last year and said, well, man, I told him that you was the one setting it up, but it just never materialized. You know? Wow. Wow, that's dope history, yep. man. That's dope history. So, I, uh, that, yo, I had to bring that up because somebody <laughs> told me, yo, man, Silk almost had the battle because I remember back then uh, being, you know, Santa Kane and Rockin' couldn't pick a side. It was like, damn, I love them both. I can't pick a side. You know, I was a huge Big Daddy Kane fan. And somebody said, your man Silk almost had it. And I was like, what? I talk to Silk every day. That's my man. I got to ask him about that. Yeah. My bad. I know I put y'all off nah, course with nah, that. Nah, nah. It's, it's all hip-hop, man. It's, it's, you know, it's unconventional. It's all good. So, but we're going to kick it to it right now. We're going to get into those two songs, Rebel Without a Pause by Public Enemy, and we're going to get into Boys in the Hood. One, one of my, both of these are two of my you know, top 10 favorite songs in history. Um, so we got it right now. Public Enemy and Eazy-E, Boys in the Hood and Rebel Without a Pause. Let's go. <laughs> Hey yo, man! You remember that shit? Easy did a while back. Motherfucker said wasn't gonna work. Yeah, that was crazy shit. Yeah, the stupid shit, shit man. Was dope. Hey yo, Easy. Hey man, we should come off the piano for a minute, man, and bust this crazy shit. Woke up quick. 
at about noon Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon I gotta get drunk before the day begins Before my mother starts bitching about my friends About to go and damn near went blind Young niggas at the pad throwing up gang signs Ran in the house and grabbed my clip With the Mac-10 on the side of my hip Bailed outside and pointed my weapon Just as I thought the fools kept stepping Jumped in the foe, hit the juice on my ride I got front and back and side to side Then I let the Alpine play Pumping new shit buying WA It was gangster gangster at the top of the list Then I played my old shit, it went something like this Cruising down the street in my 6'4 Jocking the bitches, slapping the hoes Went to the park to get the scoop Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G He rolled down his window and he started to say It's all about making that GTA Cause the boys in the hood are always hard They come talking that trash, we'll pull your car Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy cause I ain't said shit Trying to steal an alpine Take him up the street to call a truce The silly motherfucker pulls out a deuce deuce Little did he know I had a loaded 12 gauge One sucker dead LA Times front page Cause the boys in the hood are always hard You come talking that trash, we'll pull your car Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy cause I ain't said shit So I went to a spot where my homeboys chill The fellas out there making that dollar I pulled up in my 6'4 Impala They greet me with a 40 and I start drinking And from the 8 ball my breath starts sticking Left to get my girl to rock that body Before I left I hit the Bacardi Went to a house to get her out of the pad Dumb hoe said something that made me mad She said something that couldn't believe, so I grabbed a stupid bitch by a nappy ass weed. Started talking shit, wouldn't you know? Reached back like a pimp, slapped the hoe. My father jumped up and he started to shout, so I threw a right across and knocked his old ass out. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. You come talking that trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, cause I ain't said shit. <laughs> Four around a telephone pole. I looked at my car and I said, Oh, brother, 
I throw it in the gutter and go buy another. Walking home and I see the G ride now. Cat is driving kilo on the side as they busted a U. They got pulled over, an undercover cop in a dark green Nova. Cat got beat for resisting arrest. He socked a pig in the head for ripping his guest. Now G is caught for doing the crime. Fourth offense on the boy, he'll do some time. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. You come talking that trash, we'll pull your cart. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, cause I ain't said shit. Brothers and sisters! Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They praise the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show, bum rush the sound. I made a year ago, I guess you know. You guess I'm just a radical, not on some Yes, to make it critical The only part of your body should be part of it too Pass the power on the hour from the rebel of you Hey, yo, Chuck, man, I don't understand this, man Yo, you got to slow down, man, you losing them Radio, suckers never play me All the mix, they just okay me now Known and grown, when the clock in my soul is no sneaking and taking everything that the brother owns My calling card, recorded and audited Supporter of Chess and Mart, loud and proud Kicking live, next poet supreme Yo, yeah, man. Yo, you got 
All right, we're back. Once again, two of the greatest songs ever, Rebel Without a Pause, Boys in the Hood, East Coast, the West Coast, great music is hip-hop. We still on the line with Van Silk and Peter Guns. We definitely in the house with 360 Entertainment, 360 Radio, BBRadioFM.com. Yes, it's going down right about now. Now, we had the yes, last sir. Yes, yes. We, in, we went from 1985, 86, 87, 88, and we're going to round it up with 1989. Now, right before the 90s hit, we had Funky For You by Nice and Smooth and Funky Enough by the DOC. You know what I'm saying? Two songs that... Wow, got, wow. Got, you know what I'm saying? It got the funk in it, which kind of segued into the G-Funk era, the, the 90s, between 90 and 96, had the funk feel to it on each, on both right. coasts. You know what I'm saying? And then... Um, right. You know, artists like Lord Tariq and Peter Guns picked it up in the '90s and ran with it. So let's let's talk about '89, right before the '90s. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, funky for you by uh, um, um, Nice and Smooth, and we got it's Funky Enough by the GOC. Yeah, Nice and Smooth was from the Bronx. So I was already hip to Nice and Smooth, big fan of their uh, music because they they now here's the flip side of it. Nice and Smooth had the, the formula of the ABC 1, 2, 3 back then. Ricky right. T. Rocket was my favorite cartoon. The yeah. Mavericks, the Honey Moon. Moon yeah. But yet they still made good music, man, and it was good and entertaining. And I'm going to make it real funky for you, singing hooks. They was dope, man. You know, I, 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 it was just such a fun time, man, man. That was such a fun time in, in uh, music, man. But I'm, it, you're making me feel real old. You said 89. <laughs> I didn't know it was that long ago, man. I feel like it was just yesterday. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yep. Well, 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 for me, I got to give props to Special K and Teddy Terry, the awesome two from Jersey. Again, DJs who knew music, you know? They was the most popular label with Junkie Gale's Sleeping Bag Records, which was which had, you know, you know, Just Ice and, you know, all those records yeah. come out. You know, nice nice and smooth, you know, smooth being, but nice has been around the scene also as a young kid coming up over there, you know, the east side of the Bronx. And they just got their turn. They had their little run. Right. They got their turn. They had the Pete Nice and, you know, feel smooth. It was a, it was a, a different turn for hip-hop with the native tongue coming and all that stuff. And at that point, you know, a lot of people were lost. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people was lost. Right. Because they yeah. had all these groups getting together. You know, like Latifah came out of there with the Mark 45 team. They had the flavor unit. You know, everybody was coming into units now. They were starting to work together. Right. You know, Jungle Brothers and... Q took them the first time I took them down to Virginia Beach, the first time I took them out of state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, the pioneers and all the guys who created hip-hop were lost again because I always told these guys, we got to start supporting the young kids coming up, you know? Right, right. We got to support I knew Dougie since she was 14 years old, and I supported him until I put him on stage in Harlem World right. one night. And it took him three years. Because right. he couldn't rap, but he came back and started spitting in my face. What is this, a human beatbox? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. You're nice. And, and, and that makes sense because wow. um, toward the, eight, you know, the latter part of the 80s, you start to look up and you're like, where's Melly Mel? Where's um, Busy B? Where's, um, you know, cool, uh, uh, Curtis Blow and these guys? Even Run DMC, they were still with the... 
um, they didn't really make a comeback until the Down with the King situation, like in the early part of the 90s. But like most of the guys and, and uh, even female MCs that made a big hit or, or made a big impression in the, in the early days of hip hop, they were, like you say, looking around. You look up and they're not there. But then when the 90s crossed, then you got Outkast, then you got um, Snoop and them, you know, Death Row Camp. And you got all these groups um, hitting the scene. And it's like, you know, uh, um, the, ni- the late, latter part of the 80s was kind of a turning point to where a lot of people started getting jobs and trying to figure something else out or trying to do something to better their careers or, or you know, create that longevity. And I always said that the DOC was like the, the West Coast version of LL with with his delivery and his aggressiveness and his energy. Um, so what did, right. what did and, and if he hadn't had the, 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 the injury, the devastating injury to his vocal cords, he ain't no telling how big he could have gotten. So what are your thoughts on the DOC and how, um, you know, that, that whole energy transpired on the West Coast, uh, you know, coming out of L.A.? Well, uh, I'm going to say, I, I heard that like, he had the car accident and they said he may never talk again. But he was a great writer, okay? And he was going to write a lot of songs. That's what kept him going. Um, when he came with the big, 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 big doc, y'all, I mean, what can you do? What can you do? <laughs> Right. Right, right, you didn't expect that from a West Coast. You didn't expect that from a West Coast rapper. Yeah, he was dead nice. So I mean, you had that joint, the formula. Oh, wait. Um, this is I'm a doctor. Da, 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 da. Like a flow, an energy. Dude, to me, and and a lot of people might disagree with this. He was the nicest one in the camp, lyrically, lyrically wise. I agree. Lyric, like if you're going for lyrics, and and somebody that's a spitter, lyrics. You know, attitude and, and, and smoothness and, and snoop, you know what I mean? But for, as far as the dude was a lyricist, man, he would have been up there with the best of them. DLC was so nice. Right, he was. I, I mean, I, I, I can't explain it. When I heard that he heard it, I thought it, was a, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a rumor. I could not believe he really, that was, a, that was I would say, one of the biggest loss in hip-hop. Wow. Wow. You know, I mean, not minus minus it being a death, but I feel like we missed out on some. We missed out on a movement. A Dr. Dre produced album on DLC. We lost something spectacular. Right. I'm, I'm gonna agree. With, I'm gonna agree with Peter on that. And there's one other rapper that I think that we all might have missed. And I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back in the generation. And if it wasn't for the the drugs that a lot of brothers got caught up in. I think Smokey G had a ten-year period. If he would have had himself together, he would have been a high artist. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. Uh, Spoonie G was Spoonie G's first joint. What was that joint, man? The boom, love rap. Boom, boom, boom. The love rap. The boom, the boom. Okay. Yeah, I probably played that more than any rap record in my life. That was one of the records I was like, hold up. Yeah, yeah I agree. Right and he came with the Godfather, take it off. He got, you know, he got into the little, you know. Couldn't get off what he was doing, but it was a, it was a period that everybody was still waiting for Spoonie G to come back because you just still got to remember Spoonie G and the treacherous three. Right. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah, so so with that being said, we're going to get into these last couple songs. Funky For You by Nice and Smooth, straight up out of the... The, the, the borough that our special guest is from, the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? Bronx, stand yes, up. I'm going to make it real funky for you. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, and we're also going to get into the DOC straight up out of California from 89. Let's do it. We still in the house. We, we ain't went nowhere. It's DJ 360, Peter Guns, and Van Silk. We got legends on the line. That's how we doing it. 
So let's yes, get sir. it. Yeah, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen. Simple fact is I am 
funky beat with all them thoughts. So in this my conclusion, you will enjoy the fusion. And I will ascend with the style that I am using. Knowing that it's a cup, finish that a buff. I think I'll let it play, cause it's a funky enough. Music, so check it. Listen to the kick, popping with the click, and with no rehearsals, I'm dropping funky verses. Stupid with the business, I think that you are relying on. You love it when it battles with the fuck that I am buying on. Suckers never come close 'cause of knowing. There's no stopping the doc when I am going, but in the event someone would try to juice this, stop him in his tracks, show him that I am ruthless. I don't give a damn. Don't think that I am joking 'cause I don't think it's funny when you're messing with my money. That's stupid. Tell me this. You know what I'm saying? We back. DJ 360, Peter Guns, Van Silk. We in the house. We went from 1985 all the way to 89. Kind of went on a journey through hip hop. But there were so many other great records that were in, you know, in between these these years that we just didn't speak on. But um, you know, Peter Guns had to talk about the the Rock Him the Rock Him battle and, and Van Silk with the with the knowledge that he has. Man, we had a hell of an interview. But before, we, you already know that we cannot get off of this line until we talk to Peter Guns. About the the love and hip hop situation, man. Just real quick, how did that come? Out? How, you know what I'm saying? And and I feel your pain. I'm gonna say right now, man. I feel your pain in some of those episodes, man. It's like, damn. It's like like you be. You, it was like after watching a couple of the episodes with with uh, I don't want to call the names, but you know um, the young. Nah, the, cool, yeah, man. you know the um, Amina. You know the, the situation. Tara, with, with Tara. Wrong, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, man, Peter's my man. Like, I, I wish I could call him. Like, yo, everything's gonna be all right, man. But you handle it everything. Handle everything with so much. You know, you just cool. You don't get upset. You don't get high headed. And it's like you handle it like. Nah, you can't. You know man. what I'm saying? So I mean, how how does what do you, how did you go from you know. Um, the hip hop or being a hip hop artist, which you, I think you'll you'll be a hip hop artist for life. But then you know, getting into the reality shows and things of that nature. How do you feel about that? How's it going? I mean, you know, part of me is like you know to to still have some type of relevance in pop culture because the show is pop culture, good or bad, is is amazing. You know, you go from up deja vu coming down and the sun is up and then that cools off and then you come back and love hip hop and you're still relevant somehow, some way in this business. But um, you know. <laughs> Reality shows is like the new record deal, man. And although you're putting your business out there, like I would, that people say, is that real? Yeah, I can't sit here and blame the show and say, oh, they put me out there editing. I really am. It really was seeing two two women at the same time with my baby moms and I married Amina and yeah, all that's real. Um, it's rough when you put it out there because in your mind, when you live in, you know how dudes we live in, we, that's normal to us. But when you put it out there for people to see and you become the poster boy for every woman that's been cheated on, you know, I'm I'm the public enemy number one with the ladies because any lady that got messed around on, which is most of them, 
I'm the dude that did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. But, but it's rough. You know, it's, it's um, you know, I, look, I'll be a liar. I have my good days and I have my bad days. But, you know, when you got five million people watching you a week and they tuning in, they tuning in, whether that energy is negative or positive, they watching. And um, although it's not right, I would never own it and say, oh, that, that's life. That's what I'm doing. I just happen to fall in love with two, two women right. for different reasons. And, and I'm torn. And like any other man, you try to have your cake and eat it too. You don't want to. You don't want to let one go. Right. And all I did was put it on TV. And, and you know, it's a little upsetting because people like, you know, say all these bad things. But I'm not putting hands on nobody. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm just doing with ninety five percent, eighty eighty percent. I think the statistic is of men do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Hey, let's be real. How many guys would say they would want to DMP the gun shoes right now? You know? Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. I, I talked to I talked to Peter, you know, on when we talk on the phone and he like, yo, I'm like, yo, listen, man, you got a second shot to do something in this industry. Today's industry is nothing about shock value. When you go on T M Z and all these other websites, they ain't talking about no new music. They're talking about what they can find out. At least he got it out right. there. You know, at least he's Stevie J took it one level, Peter Guns went to the next level. And there's going to be somebody else going to have three or four girls to deal with it. So what? Right, right. That's right. part of the Yo, game. I will, you know what? With that being said, I, I will say this. Dan Silk is a, is a part of me being seen after the first two episodes. Because wow. he's somebody that I respect so much in this business, in the industry, that I was... I was getting bombarded with most people saying, why'd you do that show? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And Ben Silk, somebody that I was like, come on, though. You know, he's a pioneer in this game. Right, right. Was, was expecting to hear from him, my man, why would you do that and mess up your, your, your legacy? And he got on the phone and was like, man, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And my friend went upside down like, what? He's like, man, come on. I'm so proud of you now, man. Every Everybody has their they, they stuff with them. You just, it's just out there. But it makes you it makes you relevant again. So he plays a big part in me like dusting myself off and standing up, you know, because you got somebody, you know, like say Buster Rhymes, who was really mad at me for doing the show. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he wasn't happy about it. But then you run and then I run into a fifty cent. That's like, yo, man, I'm so proud of you. Do your thing because they understand where the music is. And I, and just be clear, I was offered to do Love and Hip Hop for the first three seasons. I decided to jump in this season when things with Corey was start. Corey was my reason for not doing. I didn't want to taint. You know, I didn't want people to judge Corey off of my situation. Right, 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 right. You know, like, oh, your pops is this, your pops is Corey and Corey can't take that. <laughs> He's going to go at you. So I was worried about Corey. That's why I didn't do the show. But, again, you know, people like Van Silk, who played a, a very intricate part in me, you know, picking my head up. Because at first it was like, the, I was, you know, I don't know if you paid attention to social network. They was going at me. Yeah, <laughs> it was getting yeah. at me, boy. Yeah, and um, but honestly, yeah. you know, from from my perspective as a as a viewer, I was really, um, you know, I can really appreciate the honesty of your part dealing with your family, dealing with the decisions you had to make between the two ladies, and and how you were, how you um dealt with the situation where she came out and said that she was married, you didn't want her to say it that y'all got married. It was like, oh, why did he do that? Plus, you putting, you know, your son who had who had some legal issues that he got resolved, and how you dealing, you know, you right. so you see you see Peter Guns not only as this as a rapper, but you see him as a family man. You see him as a man who has issues that he's working through, and you also see him as a supportive right. father, which is like one of the 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 greatest. 
um, tags that you can have in, in a show like that. Oh, I love, man. I listen, you know I love, again, I love my babies, man. I love my kids so much, and that's very important that people know that I love my kids so much. Yeah. And, yeah. With, and with that being said, you know, I'm, I, I pride myself for being a good dad, but with that being said, I don't want to send the wrong message out there to young brothers that's coming up that's having kids. The best place for you to be is in the house with your kids. You know, so even being a good father that I am to mess up my household by, by, by losing my, my, you know, my girl and my kids, it's nothing like being there with the boys. You could say, yo, I'm gonna go pick them up, which is, you know, which is good. But if you could work it out and try to work through whatever differences y'all have and be in the house raising your kids, they stand a better chance. And what happened is the show just didn't show. One thing I have to put on love and hip hop is they made, uh, Tara and I seem like we were just perfect. They didn't give enough emphasis on us having problems. It made it look, oh, they got the perfect home, and then boom, he married another chick. So they didn't show, they didn't emphasize enough of um, the things that we were going through. That not that it would warrant me getting married. Don't no excuses for that. Right. But uh, but they, it would definitely at least show. Say, well, they was having issues. I could see why he kind of was vibing with the chick in the studio, and all. You know. Did they capture that footage of the not so good times with you and Tara to where they could have put it out oh, there and they chose not to air it? Yeah, we yeah we had an in our talks about that. We had a lot of talks about that. We also, I was getting a new apartment. We were shopping for a new, getting our new apartment, and we was having those conversations. Like, you know, I was saying, yo, I, you know, I want you to move where you want to move because we filmed a lot of us looking for that new crib, and I wanted her to live where she wanted to live because I'm not sure I'm coming. You know what I mean? And she kept saying, well. Why, why are you letting me pick the apartment? Why you don't want to have nothing to do with it? Because I said, I want you to be comfortable wherever you go. I don't want you to say, I moved in with you and just, you know, because in my mind, I already knew yeah. that my situation was what it was. And if we moved in, she would probably want to leave me. Right. So I wouldn't want her to say, okay, you move me all the way up to Westchester. And then I find this out. And now you're gone. And I'm all the way up here in Westchester where I didn't want to be. Right. So I wanted to make sure wherever we moved, she was happy. But they didn't show None of that. And that, that didn't make, that wouldn't make good TV. What makes good TV is, oh, they're a happy family. And look at this scumbag. Right. <laughs> he goes and she's doing it. Right, right, so, right. But, you know, that's what makes good TV. But, again, you know, I'm, I'm excellent with my kids. Yeah. But would I be better off in the house with my kids, raising them? Yeah. That's just not, that's just not the situation. But I don't want anybody to think that's cool at all. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm dead wrong. And, uh, you know, but you live and you learn. Life goes on. You live and you learn. There you go. And there it is, right there. That's it. We got there Van go. Silk. We're here with Peter Guns, DJ 360. Yes. Um, I appreciate you, brother, yes. stepping, step, uh, you know, stopping by and, and hanging out for about an hour and a half. We're just kicking it, all the information. I learned a lot. I know Peter Guns, you said you learned a lot from Van Silk, man, Pioneer. Oh, man, man. yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, learned, I learned a lot from both of y'all over the years. And um, you know, I'm learning a lot even still now with the radio and the DJing and hip hop. You know, I think once you stop learning, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? So every day is a learning experience. So any any last remarks? Any, any last remarks? Any um, shout outs? Well, I like to, I like I like to say before Peter go. I like to say you know to those who really know about the culture. We did lose a soldier last week. Pioneering. Uh, yeah. Pioneering DJ, DJ Jones. Yeah. I think he might have been 78 or 79 years old. Yeah. But we did lose a soldier. And, you know, hopefully a lot of us can come together, you know, in a way of respect for what we do and respect for the stuff that's been done. And also, definitely want to follow me on Twitter. I am American Hip Hop One on Twitter. Right. Yes, nice. That's it. That's it right there. 
All right. Yep. So there it is. Yeah. There it is. Uh, Van Silk, Peter Guns, DJ 360. We out. 360 Mix Show. Yep. Peace. Hey, hey, Peter, what's your Twitter? What's, what's Peter's Twitter? Oh, I am Peter Guns. I am Peter Guns with a Z on. I am Peter Guns. Right. With the blue check. If it ain't the blue check, it ain't me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And yo, support. Real hip-hop, keep real hip-hop, keep old-school hip-hop, keep it alive, man. If a tour comes your way, if an artist comes your way from back in the days, go check them, man. Don't just assume that, that it's over for them or that or that they good. Please, man, they come your way. They're they going to be doing some tours soon. Support them tours. Show these new youngsters, you know, what it is. Take your kids to see the tour. Show them what it is. Keep that old-school hip-hop alive, please. I'm begging you. Yeah, and, and that's, one of the, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I got this show going, because I want to make sure I highlight the culture that I love, you know what I'm saying, the culture of hip-hop. So I love it. I'm going to definitely make it my business to um, you know, continue with that and make sure everybody has a voice as much as I can. So once again, I appreciate both, both of you brothers stopping through um, the 360 uh, thank you, show. brother. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Peter, love. Yeah. Love. Wednesday Night Comedy, every Wednesday night, Dugans present comedy hosted by your boy, College Park, Georgia's one and only preacher man, Dugans, Old National Highway, presents comedy, $2 drink special. Come out, come out wherever you are. I wonder if you there. I'm going to be funny. Don't worry about me. You just get ready to laugh. Dugans, Old National Highway, presents comedy, brought to you by Beat Break Radio FM. For more info, email us at beatbreakradio at gmail.com. <laughs>